Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I want to share some principles with you uh, today. Uh, some truths that have been in my heart for an entire week that I have been studying and meditating on these principles that uh, we will look at today in detail. So if you have your Bibles, maybe I will be reading too fast. You won't turn there, but you may want to jot down the scriptures. And so you can study them and read them at your own time uh, during the week. What I want to share with you today is concerning the treasure that is within us in Christ Jesus. The treasure that God deposited within the born-again believers. And the first scripture we're going to read is Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. Jesus is speaking here and he says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And then Paul, to the Colossians, he explains what this treasure is within us, in other words, within this earthly vessels. He says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 from the Passion, this mystery of Christ embedded within us, becomes a heavenly treasure chest. Did you hear that? This mystery of Christ, in other words, Christ in us, becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Praise God forevermore. Here is a question. Where do good things come from? What's the origin of the good things that we see manifested in the world? Where do evil things come from? Well, according to the foundational scripture that we read in Matthew 12, 35, Jesus said that both good things and evil things, they come out of the treasure that is within man's heart. If the treasure within us is good, meaning the Word of God, then good things will come out. We will bring forth good things. So both good and evil come from the heart of man. The heart of man speaks, of course, of the center of a man's being, which, of course, is the spirit man. 
Jesus said that out of the abundance of what is stored in a man's spirit, the mouth speaks. In other words, last week, remember, we spoke about words and choices. The mouth has no choice. The mouth will eventually speak from what is in abundance within our hearts. So Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, of what is stored in a man's spirit, the mouth speaks, and through the spoken word, he releases and brings forth either good or evil. You see, the words that we speak carry creative power. He also said, in Matthew 15 and verse 18, those things, Jesus said, which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through to 20. In these verses of Scripture, clearly the Lord Jesus is giving us, if I would say, the origins and the birthplace of, go of both good and evil. He describes the heart of man as the spiritual womb that gives birth both the good we see in our world, as well as the evil. Words which proceed out of the good treasure within us become the very substance of good things, of the blessings of God. If our hearts, of course, are filled with the Word of God, our mouths will certainly bring forth good things. Remember last week we said that from a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. According to the foundational scriptures we read, the treasure we have within us is none other than Christ himself in all of his goodness. Christ in us, living and working within the body of Christ through the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. It's important for us to take note of these things and to meditate on these very words. And as I said last week, it's wise to ask the Lord daily to put a watch or a guard over our mouths because our words will produce and will create that which we say. It was Jesus who said, if you say with your mouth, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say will come to pass, you shall have whatever you say. Would you say that your words have power? Amen. Just not to me if you're listening to me. Praise God. Our words have creative power. And this is the reason the Apostle Paul said in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says that the excellence of the power is of God and not of us. And this is the reason that even though he says we are pressed on every side, 
we are not crushed. We might be perplexed, he says, but we are not in despair. We might be persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, he says, but not destroyed. Praise God forevermore. Why? Because we have a treasure within us that is pushing out against all of these things that makes us unbreakable and unstoppable. And this is who you are, believer in Christ. This is who we are in Christ Jesus. And Paul goes on to say, this excellence of the power, though, is of God and not of the clay vessel. Good things, blessings, all kinds of blessings, all kinds of good things are brought and introduced into our world by the people who carry within them this precious treasure. The body of Christ is the custodian as well as the steward of the treasures of Christ and we are expected to bring forth into the world every good thing our Heavenly Father purchased for us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not only good things we are to bring forth and blessings, but supernatural things because we are not natural beings. The Holy Spirit makes us supernatural. We are to bring forth, according to the word, miraculous things. Why? These are the things which testify that Jesus Christ is alive within his church today. And he is the same yesterday, the Bible says. He is the same today and tomorrow. And he will forever be the same. And he does the same works which he did when he was on the earth. He's still on the earth and he lives and works within his church by the power and person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ has not changed. His power has not diminished. And the works he did then, he is able to do today. But he does them today through his body which is the church. Praise God. Jesus testified to that. You remember what he said in John's Gospel, chapter 14 and verse 12? He said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. The works that I do, he will also do. Who? Who will do these works? The believer and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father can you imagine that doing greater works than the works of Jesus praise God it, it's difficult for our minds to wrap themselves around these words that Jesus said he also said in John's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, If anyone thirsts, he said, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Not trickle, but rivers of living water. I really wonder whether we believe these statements Jesus made. 
Notice that the key word in both of these statements Jesus made is to do what? To believe in him. To believe in Jesus. And this is also confirmed in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 29, when the crowd approached and asked Jesus, what must we do in order to work the works of God? What is required of us to do the works of God? And Jesus responded and he said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. John 6, 29. That you believe in him whom the Father has sent. The master key to the supernatural works of God is faith in the name of Jesus. I want to say that again. The master key to the supernatural works of God, to all of the provision of God's storehouses, is faith in the name of Jesus. And the body of Christ has the potential and the ability to release to release into our troubled and broken world rivers, he said, rivers of living water, bringing healing and deliverance and blessing wherever we go. Not only healing and deliverance, but also rivers of wisdom and knowledge, giving solutions to existing problems, troubled situations, which require, of course, the wisdom of God to solve. All of these are within this treasure that we have within us, but we're going to have to dig it up. We're going to have to exercise faith in Jesus. In other words, in the Word of God. Not only, you see, here is the question that troubles me uh, many times that I put before the Lord. And I believe he's given me the answer. Why are we not seeing or experiencing more and more of these manifestations of God's goodness and the demonstrations of his love, especially in the troubled times we are living in? Why are we seeing so little or why are we not seeing more and more of these uh, manifestations of the goodness of the Lord and the mercy of God and the supernatural works of the living God. It seems to me like the rivers that Jesus spoke about, the rivers of living water that should flow out of every believer who is born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit, it seems like these rivers of living water uh, have, have been choked up or blocked with the cares of this world, the busyness of life, and the pursuit of many, many other things. All of these things, Jesus said, entering in, entering in way, into the heart, into the treasure chest, they choke the word, they choke the life out of us. They drain us of spiritual strength, and they drain us of what God intends to do through us. As a result, of course, 
we have a crisis in our hands many times. The church is going through a state of crisis, folks. I don't know if you've noticed it, but the church worldwide, we're going through a crisis. A crisis that only the Word of God can challenge and I believe overcome. And Jeremiah here, he gives us a clue why this crisis is, is, um, is present. Speaking for God, Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13, listen to what God said through Jeremiah. He said, my people have committed two evils. One, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. Here it is. Family of God, listen to me. The purpose of my teaching today is not to make us feel condemned or discouraged but rather to challenge us by making us aware of where we are, what we have been given in the person of Christ, and receive the word of the Lord, which will release from us and, and set us free from our own limitations and our own fears and doubts and unbelief and open up before us a whole new horizon so that we can reach out and take hold of what God has promised us. And this is the purpose of, our, of my teaching today. The truth, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the truth, of course, is not always easy to hear or to receive. It takes a lot of courage to face the truth and allow that truth to change and transform us from within out and transform our way of thinking. And of course, uh, as, as we've read in Jeremiah, the root cause for this uh, blockage or this crisis, if I could say, is because the body of Christ have become dependent more and more on worldly wisdom worldly way of doing things and of course a worldly mindset that thinks in a certain way which is contrary to the word of god proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 is one of my favorite verses he says trust in the lord with all your heart not just part of it but all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own natural understanding. So in other words, we are leaning and relying on the arm of the flesh of what we can do rather than trusting in the Lord with all of our hearts and what He can do for us and through us. And you see, and the more you rely on the world's wisdom and the world's ways of doing things, the further and further our heart departs from the fountain of living water. And you see, many times we go for the substitutes 
rather than the fountain of living water. And the, the world has many substitutes to, to offer us and to tempt us with. God's word says that worldly cisterns have no ability to hold water because they're broken and disregarded by God. So this is the situation. And what must we do? Well, I believe God is waiting for us. Uh, we're not waiting for God. And, and, and when we stop seeking God the way we should be seeking him, we're not hearing from him. We're not receiving what God has prepared for us. We are not pressing into him the way we should be pressing into so that we could hear and receive that wisdom and that knowledge that God has made available for us in Christ Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? If you abide in me, he says, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done for you. We abide in Christ by being born again. But there is a second part of abiding, and that is having his word abide in us. As Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, richly. In other words, our hearts have been created by God in such a way to hold the treasure of God's word. And that's where we find the peace of God, the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God, the healing of God, the blessing of God. They are all contained in the word of God. And Jesus said to Martha that was troubled and worried about many things. He said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but yet one thing is needed. Just one. So simple. And that is the word of God. And then he commended Mary because Mary had chosen uh, to sit at Jesus' feet and to hear and listen to the wisdom that came out of his mouth. And we can do the same every single day, any time of the day. We can hear what God is saying and ministering to us by meditating in the word, by studying the word, by having the word in our hearts and in our mouths, by filling the, the treasure chest with all these wonderful blessings that are contained in the word of God. Amen. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. So God placed within us treasures of wisdom and knowledge divine mysteries. The Bible says, he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak unto men, but unto God. Howbeit in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Another translation says, divine secrets, which wait to be revealed to those who seek God with all of the heart. God delights and desires to share the secrets of his heart with you and me. Do you believe that? Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7 that this hidden wisdom, the wisdom of God, this divine mysteries of God are reserved for us 
in order to bring us into glory. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7 from the Passion Translation. He says, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden before now in a mystery. It is this secret plan, destined before the ages to bring us into glory. You see, God hides this wisdom, not from us, but for us, so that our enemies don't get hold of it and use it against us. And this secret wisdom, this divine mysteries, the plans and the purposes of God for your life, for the life of the church, for the life of your community, are hidden in God and waiting to be discovered. And God waits for you and I to seek Him diligently so that we can grab hold of this keys, of this wisdom and this knowledge, and bring forth those good things that the Word spoke to us about. Back in the Old Covenant, God spoke through Jeremiah, remember, giving us a timeless invitation. And in Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3, God is speaking and he says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you. Show me what? Great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, things that we need in order to be successful in life, things that we need in order to fulfill our purpose and our God-given destiny, things that we need that will empower us, that will make us the kind of people that God created us to be. We desperately need those things. And again, you know, back years ago in Masvingo, I was just a young believer, but I had this incredible desire in my heart to grow, to learn, and to understand the God who delivered me from the power of darkness. And I was attending a small uh, a church in Masvingo, uh, and um, the pastor was young, my age, about 23, 24, 25 years of age. He knew as much as I knew. And so, but my heart wanted, wanted much more. I was hungry for the Word. I was hungry for God and for the, for the things of the Spirit. And I cried out to God in desperation. I did what, what this verse says, call to me. And I said, Lord, help me. I want to grow. I want to mature in the things of God. I don't want to remain stationary. I don't want to be in the same place I was a few months ago. And God heard my cry. And one day I was holding a brochure in my hands, which I found in the church, a brochure of a particular ministry that was anointed to help believers grow in their faith. And God spoke to me inside of my spirit and he said, join yourself to this chariot. I went to the Christian bookstore. We had one Christian bookstore in Masvingo. And I ordered every single teaching tape that this ministry had on that brochure. And I plugged into the Word. And I plugged into the Word. And I listened to the Word. And within a few months, 
I could see and I could discern the growth that has come into my spirit. So, <clears throat> also, I thought I'll share that with you. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12 and 13. God is speaking again through his prophet and he says, Then you will call upon me and you will pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Here is the key. Search with all of your heart. Dig into my word. Study it like you would look for gold or for silver. And these words from God, I believe, are open invitations to us, uh, given to us by the Spirit of God to press into God for greater manifestations of His goodness, not just in our lives, but in the lives of those we are praying for. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says that God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He rewards the diligent seeker. How does he reward him? With knowledge, with wisdom, with answers to prayer. And I looked up the word diligent. And this is what I found. The word diligent comes from the Latin diligere, which means to value highly and to take delight in. To value highly and to take delight in. Now, what a wonderful definition of the word diligent. Why would God reward anyone who does not value highly his presence, his word, or take delight in seeking him? You ever thought about that? Why would he reward anyone with wisdom and knowledge or share the secrets of his heart and plans and purposes who is not persistent and diligent in seeking the Lord? I believe the Lord would remain silent and he does remain silent many times until the church, I believe, rises up in the power of his spirit and begins a journey. This is a process, a journey of diligently seeking God in order to unlock and release those rivers which the Lord placed within us. They're not for us. They are for the world around us. Only then I believe we're going to see greater manifestations of his presence bringing with it, solutions to long-standing problems, chronic situations that have plagued us for such a long time. And some of us may be stuck spiritually. Others may be stuck financially. Others struggle with sickness, with pain and disease. Others with fears and insecurities that seem to grab hold of us and refuse to let go. And yet the deliverance we seek is as close, Jesus said, as our heart and our mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and brings forth good things, healings, deliverance, 
answers to solutions. The other day I was talking to the Lord about a particular situation uh, that we were facing um, in our local church for some time. And I heard him say, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Can you hear the Lord challenging you with the same question? What are you going to do about this situation? How long are you going to put up with it? What are you going to do about all these fears and all these anxieties and insecurities you've been struggling for so long? What are you going to do about this disease that has, that has you bound? Amen? What are we going to do? Amen? What are we going to do about that sin that so easily trips us up? God says, I've placed within you the power to set you free. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of the curse. Amen. So God placed a treasure within you and me that if believed upon will make us wise beyond our years. And I believe this wisdom that God has available for us will attract wealth and riches beyond our wildest imaginations. And so often we want to do certain things and we are limited, limited by lack, limited by financial scarcity. And yet the Bible says that heaven has abundance. The kingdom of God has never known lack, has never known recession, has never known economic downturn, but only abundance. So we need to tap into that. And I believe God will continue to remain silent to those who are silent. What does that mean? He is silent to those who are not diligently seeking him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone, notice the words, everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. You see that? Jesus said those words. And the words of Jesus are true and truth. He said, everyone who asks, receives. Yes, pastor, but I prayed, but I didn't receive anything. Well, that's doubt speaking. If you ask in faith, the Bible says, you will receive. If any man lacks wisdom, James says, let him ask of God, who gives liberally without finding fault, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Paul, speaking by the Spirit of God, said to the believers in Ephesus in chapter, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, 
above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. God is able, nothing wrong with God, to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think or imagine, but it is according to the power that is at work within us. Praise God. You see, God is always able to do far more than what we ask, but he's limited only by the lack of power that is at work within us. That's what, that's what the scripture says. What is that power called? What power is he talking about? I believe it's the power of faith. Faith can do what God can do. Faith can move mountains, Jesus said. Nothing is impossible to them that believe. That's what faith can do. And Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how faith comes. The more you hear, the more you study, the more you meditate in the word, the more faith you will have by hearing and hearing the word. When we neglect the hearing of the word, faith goes. Faith come, but also faith can go. You see, every single day we live our house or you live your house to go out to work, you are drawing out of your spirit man energy, power, because we are faced every single day with challenges, with difficulties. And um, the word says we've got to replenish that strength. Otherwise, we will, we will be running on fumes and not of fuel. There is a filling station for us that we must fill our hearts daily, 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 daily. That's what the scripture says. This word of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it once a while, or once a week. No, meditate in it day and night, day and night, night and day, so that you may observe or understand or see how to put into action the very things that God has spoken to you. See, meditation brings revelation. And meditation is not just reading and skipping over. No, meditation is diving deep and, and digging into the Word and having a conversation with the Word and engaging the Word through the Spirit. Lord, what, what do you mean by that? What do you want to say to me today through your Word? Teach me, help me. You see? So faith comes when we engage the word through hearing, through reading, through studying, through meditating, and through speaking it. Faith also goes when we disengage from the word and start listening to the world and to other sources of information. They can only feed us with fear and doubt, and unbelief, and all the horrible things that are going on. There's no good news out there. TV channel won't give us any good news. The only good news we find is in the Word of God. There's hope there. There's faith there. 
there's love, there's courage, there's boldness, there's blessing. Praise God. Jesus said that the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. It's the way we see things. And the word says, let not my word depart from your eyes. Anytime you see yourself not as God sees you, then you have, you have allowed the word to depart from your eyes. So the key to all spiritual advancement is faith, which is expressed through obedience. Every step of growth, every step of, of, of seeing the miraculous is a step of faith. As we hear from God, faith comes. And as faith comes, we step out and we obey. And when we do, the power of God is released, is activated to bring to pass what we heard. That's how God works. And just to give you a, a, an example or a small testimony, years ago in prayer, I heard the Lord speak to me from Psalm 107 verse 20. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And I heard the Spirit of God say, Take all your Greek teachings you do every week in the Greek language and put them on tape. We had tapes those years, didn't have CDs and, and what we have today, all the modern technology and, and DVDs and all that. He said, put them on tape and send them out to your community and evangelize them through the word. And he also said, don't sell them, but give them freely away to whosoever will ask for them. Well, to cut a long story short, in a matter of a few years of doing that, offices were established all over the world by partners of our ministry who were sending thousands of teaching tapes to the Greek communities around the world. It went even to the convents and to the nuns and all over and to the priests. And offices were established in South Africa, I remember, in Greece, in Cyprus, USA, Australia, and Canada. And many people were born again, while others were built up in their faith, experiencing deliverance and healing through that word that was on the tape. It was God's word. And God provided the finances. He provided the equipment. He provided the people who labored to duplicate and distribute the thousands of tapes. And even today, I would walk into some churches in Cyprus and I would meet people who would tell me how God touched their lives through these teaching tapes. Amazing. Where did all this start from? It started by hearing from God. When he spoke those words, faith rose up in my heart. And I began to act on what he said. Here we are. We have situations in our lives, in the lives of our loved ones, in our community, in our churches, that continue to persist. These situations do not glorify God. What are we going to do about it? And Moses, in desperation, when he finds himself 
between the Red, the Red Sea in front of him and the armies of Pharaoh behind him. He cries out to God. The people were complaining. They were panicking. And uh, he cries out to God because Pharaoh behind him was threatening to wipe them out. And God says to him, why do you cry out to me? What is that you have in your hand? Stretch forth the staff you have in your hand by faith over the sea, and I will do the rest. And God, is, I believe, is saying the same thing to us. Why are you crying out to me? You have a treasure within you. You have everything you need to succeed. I've given you my word. I've given you my spirit. I've given you my wisdom. I've given you my righteousness. I've given you uh, the weapons that you need. Everything you need to succeed, I have given to you. Put them into practice. Learn to honor. Learn to believe my word and obey. And so we often cry out to God to do for us what he has instructed us to do. Lord, can you do this for me? Lord, do that for me. Lord, and God says, you have in your hand everything you need. And often we say, well, we are waiting on God to act. But God says, I'm waiting on you to act on my word and do what I told you to do. Well, Bible faith, according to the Word of God, is acting on the Word of God. Where there is no corresponding action, James says, of what we say we believe, there is no evidence of faith. James chapter 2, verse 14, in the New Living, it says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? And then James goes on to say, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together and his actions made his faith complete. Let me conclude by saying this. Once a week, at least I try and I seek the Lord to bring you a relevant word from the Lord, which I hope will encourage you and will build your faith up. But that alone is not enough to sustain you and to provide all you need to live by faith. It's just not enough. You need to do your own private study of the word. You need to do your own meditation in the Word every day. You need to seek God diligently and fervently in order for Him to show you things you need to do in order to succeed in your life. We just can't say, I don't have the time. This is the most important thing in your life. As Jesus said to Martha, Martha, one thing is needed. If you have to cut out certain things, cut them out and give attention to the word. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 20 and 22 says, My son, attend, my daughter, attend to my words. Listen 
Incline your ear to my sayings, my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, my words, are life and health to all your flesh. Life is in the word, folks. Health is in the word. Sometimes prayer for healing is not enough. You're going to have to plant the seed of the word of healing in your spirit. Keep putting it in there. Keep putting it in there. Keep putting it in there. And it will come out your mouth. And when it comes out your mouth, it will have creative force to heal your body and to restore your soul. Amen. Praise God. That's what I wanted to share with you today. We have a treasure within us, a treasure chest. Let's fill it with the word of God. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you that you have given us in Christ all that we will ever need through your exceeding great and precious promises. We appreciate your word. And we thank you that you've given us your spirit that will guide us and lead us into all of the truths of your word. We have whatever we require. And Lord, we thank you that in you we are complete. In you we are whole and healed. In you we are blessed. And we thank you for the blessing that you have bestowed upon us according to your word. May you open our eyes and our ears to see and to hear and receive the truth of your word and act upon it. All we need to do is just practice what you say. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you today and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.